One more time, amen. Amen. If you're, if you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down. Three words, three words, and it's this. Bring it to. Bring it to. And that's what we are going to be on today. Bring it to. The first week, uh, as we recap real quick, as we normally do when we do a series, um, the first week we spoke on, we said, bring it on. Bring it on. And we spoke about rising to the challenge that whatever 2016 may bring, we are ready to confront it with Christ. Don't you know that there's a church going on at this time and you're cutting the grass? All right. Bring it on. And then the second week, we, we spoke on bring it back. We, we spoke about where did we go wrong? Where did we leave God, his word, his presence? That this would be a year that we would, um, that we would just go ahead and declare and discipline ourselves to bring back the presence of God to our lives. Praise the Lord. Amen. And I hope that we did that through this fast. That, Lord, we just sought you, Lord. We, we went after you, Lord. We were hungry, yes, but hungry for you. Our hunger for you was much greater. I hope that was us today. All throughout the fast, when we would meet here at 5 a.m., I said, man, why are we doing this? So you could discipline yourself after this fast. Don't stop waking up early. Don't stop reading his word. Don't stop seeking him. Whether you feel him or not, be disciplined in his word. Be disciplined in continuing to come to the Lord. Amen? And today, as we get into part three, we speak on bring it to. So bring it on, bring it back, bring it to. And if you're taking notes, I would love for you to write this down and just think about it throughout the day and think about it uh, throughout this service. And here it is. Jesus came first not just to receive for himself, but to give of himself. And I love that. I love that every word that Christ says and all these actions that that Christ is doing. Yes, he's bringing people to him, so don't um, change the words around. But we see that, that his desire and his focus here is to give himself to others. To give himself to others. And um, I want to read two passages so just so you can see what I'm, what I'm talking about. In John chapter 10, when, when Jesus is talking about the, the sheep and they, they hear my voice and they know me because they, they hear my voice and they come. And, and he starts to talk about the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. He says something multiple times. And this is what he says. He says, I laid down my life for the sheep, he says. In John chapter 10... 15 through 18, you'll read that, that he, he lays down his life. He, he gives of himself to his people. And in 1 John 3, 16, it even goes on to say this. He says, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us. So, so we can't say that, yes, Jesus came to give of himself. Jesus came to Give all of himself. And, and when we look at the life of Christ, it, is, it perfectly demonstrates, not just with words, but with actions, with his very own life, that he has brought it to us first before we could ever bring anything to him. How many of you could say amen? Bring it to Jesus, right. But you must first know that he has first brought it to us. He offered it all through his life. And he always has. God has always done this. I, I mean, I don't have time to go throughout all the scripture, but, but we know that he shows us all throughout scripture that he always has brought it, and he does bring it to Adam and Eve. He brought them garments from an animal 
to cover their nakedness. And he sacrificed this animal to cover their nakedness, this representation of sin. We'll speak about this story, the story of Abraham in a second. But even to Abraham, he brought him a ram to sacrifice in order to free his son. Jingle bells, jingle. To free his son, the son of promise, to the Hebrew people. He brought Moses to them to deliver them from the Egyptian oppression. I mean, he's always brought it. He's always brought it. He's always brought it. And I think about all the stories, and I know that the list can go on and on and on. But the greatest thing that God has ever brought to us is Jesus. Jesus, our Savior, the greatest gift to man. Amen? Amen. And, you know, I I started to think about the fast. And I said, man, God's been so good. And I want the church to know that the, the Lord has been good to us. Because maybe you're sitting here and you're like, well, I don't know, you know. I don't know if God's been good to me. I want to remind you that the Lord has been good to us. He has. And he continues to be good to us. And may we never forget and may we never stop, see, we never stop speaking of his goodness. I, I love what the psalmist says in 40, chapter 40, verse 5. Uh, look what he says. He says, David says, you have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. And look what David says next. He says, I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. What an awesome psalm. And I started to think about this verse, and I started to think about how the Lord has been good to me and how the Lord has been good to you, regardless of where you're at and what you've gone through. And may we never forget this, and may we not only just bring it on in 2016, like we just said, and may we not just bring it back like we learned last week, bring back his presence, but may we also bring it to Jesus like never before for the rest of our lives. A year that is filled with us giving him all the glory giving him all the glory in all things and for all things. That's our calling. And last week we we spoke on David and, and David bringing back the presence, the presence where it belonged. And once he did that, it's interesting because we, we learned a little bit about his wife and the oppression that comes from, from all that stuff. And, but, but once he finally brought it back to the land where it should have been, he began to sing a song of praise and thanksgiving. A song of thanks to the Lord, and I, I want to grab a, a little section of that song. It's actually um, in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, and I'm going to read verses 29, 30, and 31. Listen to David's words, and listen to the words that he sings. He says this. He says, give to the Lord the glory due to his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. The world also is firmly established. It shall not be moved. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad and let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Amen. So I I read this passage. I read David's song of thanksgiving. And I say, man, may we live with such reverence, with such honor and glory unto the Lord this year. Look at these words. Study the scripture when you get home. I love what David's song and what he sings. He says, give to the Lord the glory due his name. The glory that's due to his name, give to the Lord. And then he says, bring an offering and and come before him. Bring it to him. 
And then he says, oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And then he says, tremble before him. I read this and I say, man, David is making it obvious here. David is saying, bring it to the Lord. Bring it to the Lord. And you might say, well, why? And look what I've gone through and and look what I have and look what I don't have or whatever excuse or justification you might give. But David is saying, bring it to the Lord. And, And if you ask, well, why? Because it's all due to him anyways. It's due to him. Bring the glory. He says, bring the offering. Bring the worship, all of it. Bring it to the Lord. Just, just, just say that. You know, bring it to the Lord. Just let that come out of you. Yeah, let it come out of your, out of your mouth for a moment there. Because, you know, I read this and I say, man, we're not to steal. And we're not to rob from God what is his. We're not to rob the glory that is due to him. We're not to rob the worship that is due to him. And may we not rob even the offering, as David says, that is due to him. You know, God, it's all due to him anyways. Everything. And all of our lives. A, a passage that a lot of pastors sometimes don't like to speak out because, because you know, it gets a little itchy and touchy and, and people start to rise up and say, yeah, but are you really, are you really preaching that? right context but i'm gonna share it anyways it's an amazing passage in the old testament it's malachi chapter three i mean israel was was hit by the word of god in malachi and and here's the lord speaking to his people in the old testament and what is the lord calling the people in the book of malachi chapter three he's calling them to repent and he's calling the people of israel to repent because what's the reason they were stealing from god from what belonged to god They were stealing from him. And and what they were specifically stealing was that they were not truly tithing in in this passage. I'll read it to you just so you can get an understanding of what was happening with Israel during this day. And in the book of Malachi, it says this in chapter 3, verse 10. He says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Amen. He basically, bring it to me and see if I will not open the windows of heaven. I've heard so many great testimonies of people that, that did not have, and, 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 and they went back and they recognized, I stopped giving to the Lord. They start to give faithfully their tithes, and, and God just started to open up windows um, of heaven to them, and, and they've never been. I mean, it's just an amazing stories that I've heard throughout my years pastoring people. But, but here is this message to the people of Israel, and the Lord is saying, repent, man. You've sinned because, yes, you've done good in other things, but you haven't truly given my tithe, my offering to me. Bring it and see how I am faithful. He goes on to say in verses 8 and 9 before, he says, yet you are robbing me, but you say, how have I robbed you? In your tithes, in your contributions, and in verse 9 he says, you are cursed with the cursed, for you are robbing me the whole nation of you, he says to Israel. He's warning them, and he's calling them. Why did you stop bringing it to me? Bring it to me. Why did you stop bringing what was mine? And to you, that could be anything, really. It could be your worship. You haven't worshipped. You haven't, man, you haven't spoken. You, to God, you, you haven't tithe you you haven't i mean i don't know what it could be in your life but but bring it why did you stop what caused you to stop bringing it to the lord 
That which you once did with such honor, with such glory, you're serving, are you bringing it to the Lord? Your maturity and your growing in the word, are you bringing it to the Lord? Your leading and especially leading others, are you bringing it to the Lord? We, we spoke in this passage, our tithing, are we bringing it to the Lord? I, I love this because you can mess with bring it to and, and you could go so many different routes. But, but bring it to the Lord. What were you once so firmly fixed on and so firmly convicted of that you've just lost conviction to come before the presence of God and bring it to him? You know, it's great, the last two weeks, it's great to bring it on. It's great to talk about bringing it back. But we can't forget to do our part and bring it to the Lord. We can't have that kind of faith with God. We can't live in such a way that like, oh God, you do all the work, but don't expect me to live out a life of obedience, not once. There's, there's just no way. We're called, yes, to see God's faithful, faithfulness in our lives, but don't ever forget this, to walk in the obedience of Christ. How many of you could say amen? amen. May we never forget to bring it to. Why am I really stressing this before I, I get into my main text today? Because it could so easily happen to any of us, and I've seen it, that we no longer bring it anymore, bring it to the Lord. You know how that happens? You begin to lose trust. We stop feeding we stop focusing on his faithfulness. We no longer delight in the Lord. You know how many people no longer delight in the Lord and they go on serving him and in serving him it becomes a burden and no longer a blessing? Scary. It could so easily happen to any of us. When we commit to fulfill to our own way instead of committing our way to the Lord. It could happen to any of us. These things can, can take place in our lives, and when it does, we find ourselves in a very dangerous place. David addresses this in one of his psalms in chapter 37, verses 3, 4, and 5. Man, just look at David's words and let it settle because it's really going really to focus on what Abraham does in a few minutes. In Psalm chapter 37, verse 3, he says to trust the Lord. Like, you should write that down, right? Trust. I need to trust the Lord. Because I know that, that for sure, if I were to ask some of you here, how many of you at times struggle with trusting in the Lord? Come on. Man, we struggle at times. Why? Because we're flesh. We're humans. And we think sometimes, like, I got to have it under my own control. I can't just trust in something that I do not see. You know, Hebrews 11 stuff, that faith stuff. I don't know if I can put my trust in that. And we struggle with trust. And here's David in the scripture. God, through David, telling us, trust in me and do good. You know, the next part of that verse, he says, and feed. Feed on my faithfulness. Feed on it. I, I, love, I love the ESV, how the word that it uses. Befriend my faithfulness. Befriend it. And then in verse 4, he says, delight yourself in the Lord. Hey, you know, I could stop right there and I could really ask some tough questions like, like, what do you delight yourself in? Can you answer that to yourself? What do you delight yourself in? Okay, answer it. You've answered it. Circle it. Here's the next question. Is that in the Lord? Is that of the Lord? 
The scripture says to delight ourselves also in the Lord. Not in other things that it takes the Lord's spot. That's called idolatry. We've learned that in scripture. But to delight ourselves in the Lord. And I love this. He shall give you the desires of your heart. You know what? I need to find myself at a place where I am, I am delighting myself in the Lord because then I get what this scripture means. My desires then become his desires. He puts the desires in my heart. And he knows them. And, and, and that's what I want, God. I, I, I'm scared of what my flesh desires. I'm, I'm scared of what this sinful, sinful man can desire. So because of that, Lord, I come to this psalm and I have to trust in you and befriend, feed on your faithfulness like you've always been faithful. And I need to find myself constantly disciplining myself and coming before your presence and delighting myself in you. And in that, I will know that I will not live out according to my desires, but yours, O oh Lord. You will give me the desires of my heart. I need desires, not my desires. I need your desires in me. And that's what the psalmist is saying. doesn't mean that he gives you your desires because some of our desires are not God. He, it means that he gives you your desires, which are actually his desires. And that's what I need and that's what I want. I need his desires. And then he says, and commit. Commit all of your way to him. You know, thank, thank you. Thank you. Commit your way to the Lord. Thank you because, because we need to know that. And look what he says, trust again. Notice, commit, trust two times. And, and then he says, and he shall bring it to pass. Thank you for this psalm, Lord, to, to trust and delight in you, to feed on a faithfulness that is yours, to commit my way to you, and you will bring it to pass. But Lord, I recognize this. I got to come before you. And I got to give you the trust. Did you notice that? I got to bring it to you. I got to bring you the trust that you deserve. I got to bring to you the commitment. Bring it to you. I got to bring to you the delight. Bring it to the Lord. I got to bring it to him. And I love this. And he shall bring it to pass. And he will bring it to us. You know, I want you to think about Psalms 37, 3 and 5 and go back to it throughout the week, and especially in relation with the story that I'm going to share with you today. It's a story that I've shared here before, and it's a story that maybe most of you have heard before, and it's an event in Abraham's life, an event where we see that if he didn't trust, if he didn't delight in the Lord, if he didn't feed on his faithfulness, if he did not commit his ways to the Lord, it would have been a disaster for Abraham, for Abraham's wife, for Abraham's child, for Abraham's whole family, for all of the world, really, because we're all blessed through Abraham's seed. Thank you, Abraham, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Abraham, for your trust in this area of your life. Thank you, Abraham, for your delight in the Lord, because I don't know where you would be and where the rest of your family would be if it wasn't for this. May you, may, don't forget that. That verse and, and, and what I just said right there. We find ourselves in Genesis chapter 22. And in Genesis chapter 22, the Lord calls Abraham to give to him, to give to him his son. And, that, and that's crazy. It's like, Abraham, uh, I know you love your son. He's your son of your old age. And he's a son of promise. I get it. But Abraham, I, I know I've given him to you, but now I want you to go up to the mountain that I tell you to go up to. 
I want you to take your son with you and I want you to walk up to the top of the mountain and I want you to make an altar there and I want you to put your son on that altar and here's the hard part, ready? I don't want you just to pray there. I don't want you to sing a song there. This is what I want you to do, Abraham. This is hard for a, for a parent. This is really hard for a parent. Abraham, I, I want you to, um, how can I put this in simple words? Yeah, just sacrifice him to me. That's hard. So, Abraham's on his way. He journeys with some men. He tells the men, stay here. We're going to go up there and worship. We'll come back to you. And we find ourselves in chapter 22, verse 6. It says, so Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and he laid it on Isaac, his son. Like, that's some crazy stuff, man. That's like, I don't know, equivalent to me grabbing my son, laying him down, just putting coals on him. <laughs> like, throwing some, some gasoline. Like, okay, dad. You know, you, you, you put coal on me. Uh, where's the lechong? Son, just lay down calmly. And he takes the fire in his hand. Can, can you just picture this? A father to his son. He lays his son out, puts wood on him, gets a fire, and he starts walking up to his son. Can you imagine the son? The things that were going through his head. That's a, that's a message for another day, but... Imagine the stuff that's going through Abraham's head. I'm wondering if Abraham was walking up to his son saying what? Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord and do good. Delight myself in the Lord and he will give me the desires. Commit my way to the Lord. Lord, I, I trust in you. I delight in you. I commit myself to you. And I'm wondering that if he's going through all this in his mind as he's about to give his son to the Lord. Like That's some crazy stuff, man. And then he has fire in one hand, and then he has a knife in the other just to make it worse for him. And the two of them go together, and it says that Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and look what, look what the son, Isaac, tells his father. He says, my father, and he's like, yeah, what is it, son? He says, um, look, the fire is here, the wood is here, but where's the lamb? That's a great question. That's actually the right question. But where's the lamb? Where's the lamb? Because I see, the, I see the preparation, but I don't see the sacrifice. So, Father, where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham just looks at Isaac, and I'm wondering if tears are, are, are building up in his eyes or not. But, but look what he tells his son Isaac. He says, son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. Like, I could just stop there, and I could just go tangent, but I didn't want to lose the whole message part of this, so I'll probably preach this on, on, on another occasion, but I love that he says God will provide for himself. That, like, like, do you recognize what's going on here? They're going to go give an offering, and the son asks, where's the offering? Where is the specific lamb for the offering? And then the father goes right back to say, well, God's going to provide it for himself, um, because son, at the end of the day, everything that we're doing here, we're bringing it to him. It's all his so if God wants a lamb at the end of the day, God will give himself a lamb. I'm just being obedient. I am trusting, delighting, and committing myself, even when it's difficult. And sometimes it is the most difficult to bring to the Lord our best. And Abraham's best was Isaac. My best, if you were to ask me, would be my wife and my son Jackson. Like, how do I bring them to the Lord? Like, how do I offer them up? That's crazy. That's crazy. So he brings his best. He brings his best. And the son looks at him and says, I see what you're doing here, but where's the lamb? 
and God will provide himself a lamb. I'll just let that linger for a little bit. There needed to be a lamb. This presents a big issue for me. Because as a father, how do I read this and not justify it? The truth is I can't. I'm not allowed to do that. How will I ever be do, how will I ever do exactly what God has called me to do like he did here to Abraham? Like, that's crazy. Here's Abraham's best. This was his promise. This was the promised child. And there is not a greater offering, a greater sacrifice that he could have given. This is the son of Sarah, the wife whom he loved. But yet God is looking at Abraham's heart, is seeing Abraham's life and seeing if Abraham would bring it to him anyways, if Abraham would still bring Isaac his best. And I read this and I say, you know what, there's no running from this passage. When I, when, when I really just stop and look at every single one of these verses, you want to know what the question is that I asked myself as I read this this week? Here it is, ready? Do I walk in a manner with the Lord that I bring him the best every day? Do I? Because I could so easily justify so many things of why I shouldn't serve today because this is how I feel, why I shouldn't love them today because this is what they've done, why I shouldn't tithe today because this is what I've gone through. Like I could give you a mi- and, 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 and thumbs up for all those things, Regal. Great, you're done? You're done with your rant, Regal? Because at the end of the day, I ask myself these tough questions. I can't run from this. Do I walk in a way where I've committed all my ways to the Lord? Do I bring him my best? So, because it's my calling to do that in your life, I ask you, when you worship, do you bring your Isaac? Do you bring it to the Lord? When you serve him in whatever capacity, do you bring your Isaac? Do you bring it to the Lord? You know, people, when you, when you tithe, do you really bring your best? Do you give it to the Lord? Do you give it to the Lord? When you give of whatever it is that you give, do you bring it to the Lord? Do you bring your Isaac? Ask yourself those tough questions. Because we started this year with bring it, and the question of bring it is, you know, how are we starting 2016? Are you bringing it? I want you to notice something in these verses. And what I want you to notice, and I stressed it, is, is he says this, look, look, the fire, the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And he says, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. Let's keep reading so you can get more of an understanding of all this stuff. Verse 9. Verse 9 says this. He says, Then they came to a place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there, and he placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son, and he laid laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. To slay his son. (laughs) Then the angel of the Lord calls out to him, From heaven, he says, Abraham, Abraham. And I love that Abraham has such a a faithful way of saying this. Here I am. Here I am. And he says to him, do not lay your hand on this lad, your lad. Don't do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. 
Since you have now withheld your son, your only son from me, says the Lord. You've, you've delighted yourself even in giving your son. <laughs> you've committed yourself even in committing your son. Like I hope this kind of like makes sense but doesn't make sense to you. You've, you've delighted, you've committed, Abraham, stop. You've, you've trusted the Lord even with your son to slay him today. So don't do it. I just wanted to, to see what you were about. I don't know if I have that much faith. I don't know if I have that much trust. I don't know if, you know, people always ask me, what would you do if someone, and I'm like, I don't know those answers until I'm there. That's how it is for most of us. And this is one of those that until I was at, until I'm at the top of the mountain and I have my son laid out and the knife and the fire and the wood and the oil and everything ready to kill him, like I won't know what I would do till I'm right there. Would I have slayed him or, or would I have said, God just send me to hell because I'm not killing what means the most to me, not right now. There's no way. So, so go ahead and slay me. Most fathers would probably would say, I would do that, for sure. I would do that. But, but, but there's something about Abraham's relationship with God that, that no matter what the offering is, no, no matter what's laid on the wood, he, he still tends to trust in the Lord, to delight in the Lord, to commit himself in the Lord, and to always remember to feed that God's never shown himself not to be faithful. So I feed on his faithfulness, and I'm thinking that somewhere in Abraham's life, he believed this, that as I trust delight, commit, and feed on his faithfulness that he too will bring this to pass in my life. Man, I hope that speaks to someone. Because for, for some of us, when will God deal with this? Well, how have you been trusting, delighting, committing yourself to him in it? Wow. But I want God to pass it from me. And God wants you to trust him in it. God wants you to commit yourself to him in it before he ever takes you from it. Come on. Come on. Bring it to him. What do you want me to bring? I'm, I'm so confused. Bring it to the Lord. What? Trust in him. Delight in him. Commit in him. Focus. Feed on his faithfulness. And trust me, he will bring it to pass. He will show you his faithfulness. Church, come on. When you worship, do you bring your Isaac? When you serve, do you bring your Isaac? Some of you are married. I see you guys because it's so cold in here today. You're cuddling with your spouse. Hey, do you bring it to your marriage? Do you bring it to your Isaac? Do you bring your Isaac to your marriage? Man, this message is good, man. I could just sit on it. I could just surf this wave forever. Bring your Isaac. Bring your Isaac. Here I am, Lord. Don't touch him. I'm going to bring it to pass. Don't touch him. I'm going to bring it to pass. I saw your faithfulness. I saw that you committed, delighted. I saw that you trusted in me. I'm going to bring this to pass. Don't touch. Don't touch. Don't touch your son. Don't touch him. Don't lay a hand on him. So you know what happens next? Abraham lifts up his eyes, and he looks, and behind him, there was a ram.
and the ram is caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham looked, can you just see Matt? Just come on, Isaac. Close call, son. Close call. Come on, Isaac, get up. Help me get this ram out of this. He was probably shaking at this time. His knees were buckling, sweating, stuttering. So Abraham went, he took the ram, and he offers it up as a burnt offering instead. And come on, did you guys catch this? Instead of his son. Instead of his son. But you know, I, I wonder if, if anyone notices anything peculiar here. If anyone notices anything strange here. Because I do. Where's the lamb? God gave them a ram, not the lamb. That's odd. I've never read this passage and noticed this. That the son asks the father, Father, where is the lamb? And the father says, the Lord will provide for himself the lamb. And then they find the ram. Not the lamb, but a ram. Never read that. I've never caught that. Never really seen that before until this week. Must have been my hunger. <laughs> Started seeing things. Oh, thank you for seeing double. Where's the lamb? God will provide for himself the lamb. He will. And then behind them is a ram, and he takes it, he offers it up, he offers the ram, not Isaac, not the lamb, but a ram. And that spoke to me. Because here's Abraham bringing his best. And I believe that it's God showing Abraham and God showing us, the reader today, that he will be faithful to bring his best. You see, I, I read the story of Abraham and I'm like, God, is this you setting up the scene for us? You see, because yes, the ram is so special, and yes, the ram is cut on the fence or on the thicket of, of, of horn, with his horns, and, and, and yes, uh, Abraham finally unlooses his, his son, and, and yes, he finally offers up the ram, and, and I read, and I always focus on the ram, and, but I look at this passage, and I say, wait a minute, Lord, are you setting up a scene here for us to see that the ram isn't really what's so special here today? It's actually the lamb that is being spoken about in this passage that is actually very special today. Because the son says, Dada, where's the lamb? And Dada says, don't worry about it. The father has himself a lamb if he needs himself a lamb. And little did all that stuff going on right there, little did it talk about what was happening in conversation in the throne room, that there was God, the father on the throne, and sitting next to him was the lamb of God saying, Dada, send me, send me. I'll be the lamb. I'll be the sacrifice. I'll bring it to them. You see, there was a ram stuck in the bush, but there was already thought about in the mind of God. There was a lamb already in heaven saying, send me, I'll bring it to them. Oh my gosh. I never noticed that in this passage. There always was a lamb. There always was a lamb. That's why when the lamb was about 30-ish years old, he's just walking in. And John the Baptist says, behold. The Lamb of God. 
The lamb was given to the world. The world was the offering table. The world was the altar. The world was the sticks. The world was the gasoline. The world was the fire. Jesus was the lamb that was given to the world. He's the lamb. He's the lamb. Dada, where's the lamb? Son, the father has the lamb. He's setting the scene up. The lamb in Genesis is actually Jesus in the New Testament that the father had prepared for himself. Son, you're really ready to go? I'm ready, dad. The lamb of God is ready. Where's the lamb? So who do you say that you are? They told Jesus, and he says, I am. I am the lamb that has came to you, has come to you. I bring it to you so that you won't have to be lost, so that you won't have to perish. I'm the lamb that Isaac was talking about. I'm the lamb that Abraham was speaking of. God is setting up the scene. Jesus. I don't know, I'm done. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. So I read this again. Trust in the Lord and do good and dwell in the land. Feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to you to pass. The Lord brought it. Isaac was spared. Isaac was spared. Guys, don't miss this. Isaac was spared so that God's son can be given. Isaac was spared. Can I just stop for a moment? If I were to ask you this question, did God bring his best to you? What's your answer? The lamb is his best. So here's my next question. You better bring your Isaac to God. You better bring your Isaac. Bring your Isaac. Because he didn't cease from bringing his lamb. And that lamb meant a lot to God. So you better just start bringing your Isaac starting right now. Who's your Isaac? What's your Isaac? What is your best? Oh, not that. Yeah, put it on the altar because God put his son on the altar. Bring your Isaac because he brought his lamb. Dad, where's your lamb? Son, he will provide himself and he did. It reminds me of 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 18 and 19 says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold 
from your aimless conduct. Verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Peter hit it on the head, didn't he? The lamb, the lamb, the lamb was given without blemish, without spot. So really, done with words, all I could say is, how can we not bring it to the Lord, our best? Especially knowing that he brought it to us with his best, Jesus. 2016, hooray. But let's bring it to the Lord. Isaac must be brought, must be brought to the Lord. Bring it to, bring it to the Lord. All of our lives, all for his glory. Bring it to the Lord. It doesn't make sense to do it still. Do it anyways. It all belongs to him. In his glory, for his glory. Bring it to Jesus. Leave it at the altar. The lamb was left for you. Put your Isaac there today. How many of you could praise him? Thank you, Lord. As you stand, I, I don't know, you, if you want to get, if you want to come up to worship, come up and worship at the altar. But if not, right there where you're at, if you need prayer, come up to the front and say, can you pray for me for this area? I need prayer today in my life. But if you're okay and you don't need prayer and everything is well, just right there where you're at, let's worship God with a song. But if you need prayer, come up. If not, it's fine. But right there where you're at, come on. Bring it to him. Start bringing him your eyes. Give it all to him. Worship your God right there where you are at today. Don't let it start tomorrow. Don't let it start next week. Right now, bring it to Jesus. Let's worship him. 